jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! Stall. <laughs> oh, R.I.P. Annie. R.I.P. Annie. Oh. Man, Nancy Loomis is such a baller. <laughs> I love her so much. We just watched I... The Fog last night. and uh... oh. Yes, ma'am. Oh. I love a sassy lady. <laughs> they are my, like, dream power couple, Janet Lee and Nancy Loomis. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, what if they had some kind of a May-December thing going on? That's exactly... Jason leaned over to me and just said, May-December. <laughs> so good. I endorse it. I stan it. There we go. I, yeah. It is stand. <laughs> wow, Stacy! happy Halloween. Happy Halloween! It's We're here Halloween. to talk about... Halloween, not to be confused with the films Halloween and Halloween. Also Halloween and the remake Halloween. Yeah, it's this should be called Halloween 2, not to be confused with the films Halloween 2. Or Halloween 2. <laughs> Good God. This is the third Halloween 2, the third Halloween and the second Halloween H2O. <laughs> right, yeah. It's it's we're just trapped in like a Mobius strip. <laughs> the, like how do you carve a pumpkin into a Mobius strip? Because that's what it feels like. MC Escher's Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> where there is no stairway out. <laughs> <laughs> the night he came home and came home and came home. <laughs> And, and then, then went to a boarding school for some reason and then came back home. Oh, good lord. Here's yeah. my question. It's Halloween, but is it really Halloween? Whoa. Mm-hmm. That blew my mind. Thank you. I've been practicing my Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> you know. <laughs> The I'm, idea that Halloween occurs all around the world at the same time. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I like that he's like our number one enemy. I know, public enemy number one for Gaylords of Darkness is Neil deGrasse Tyson, esteemed scientist. Yeah. Uh, I don't have time for Scienceologists. <laughs> No, not in not in my flat earth. Not no. <laughs> hollow earth. I was reading about the hollow earth. Oh yeah, don't because I I wasn't aware that that was a thing that people actually believed. Yeah, and like like Hitler lives inside it. I thought right with oh does he? I think or... Hitler and the dinosaurs live in hollow earth. Okay. Or that might be the moon. I can't remember <laughs> which I mean... which uh, about dot com I subscribed to. <laughs> Just people have some terrible ideas. 
I yeah. get it. We're all looking for answers about the nature of our existence. We are all flinging 100,000 miles uh, per hour through the cosmic ether, just asking uh, which Laurie Strode is the real Laurie Strode. <laughs> <laughs> And when will Neil deGrasse Tyson stop critiquing Sandra Bullock using a fire extinguisher in space? Ah, <laughs> oh, gravity. You know what? Gravity marked the first time I had to shush somebody in a movie theater. Really? Did you get really uncomfortable and like not be able to sit with yourself the whole rest of the movie? Because that's how and I feel. also it was an old lady too. But oh my it God, had to be fun. <laughs> It what? had to be done. What was she, she just was, yapping? She was sitting directly behind us with two children who were probably her grandchildren, and the kids looked bored out of their minds. And the movie started, and she narrated everything. And I mean, bef- um. like when it was still like the credits and stuff, she was narrating everything. And when the Earth came into view, and she said, "That's the Earth," I thought that's enough. <laughs> And so I turned around and I said, shh. <laughs> and she did. Wow. Yeah. I was simultaneously like wanted to sink into the floor. And also I wanted to stand up and applaud myself because yeah. she needed it. Yeah. That's an accomplishment though. Good job. Thank you. And if, to, I crossed it off my bucket list. Of all movies to talk during, that movie was a thrill a minute. Yeah. I mean, that's the earth. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Maybe the children were homeschooled. <laughs> they, 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 that's true. Maybe it was a field trip for their homeschool. They didn't know about such concepts as uh, science and... Um, uh, Maybe they were blind. <laughs> that that could have been. You know, there is, I do have a DVD of Terminator 2 that comes with uh, an audio track for the blind, and so the first, Are you yeah, I, I was like, what is this feature? So I put it on and the first thing is like a mechanical foot smashes a skull. <laughs> like, <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I didn't and know it such a thing existed. Yeah. It literally describes everything for you as it's happening, but then you also have dialogue. So it's, it's really confusing. <laughs> wow. Do they, oh, that's really wild. I didn't know such a thing existed. I've never heard of that. Before. Yeah, I think it only exists on that one Terminator 2 DVD. So if you're blind and you want to watch a film, uh, your choices are or Terminator, Terminator 2. 2. Yeah. Or meet this woman yeah, that I should. <laughs> yeah, meet, She'll help you out. <laughs> meet Stacy's anathema. <laughs> it had to be done. It, I maintain it had to be done. Do you think she's still reeling from that moment? She probably thinks about it from time to time. I hope she thinks about it when she goes to the theater and she's quiet. Oh, yeah. And she'll, she'll just, I, I got to keep my mouth shut in case that, that damn <laughs> banshee. <laughs> that youth shushes me again. That's right. Well, I have, I find, see, here's the thing. Here in town, I tend to go to the movies on Tuesdays, which is $5 only. Yes, and here too. Yeah, it's full of usually old like old people and they don't give a shit they'll just talk they'll oh. voice their opinions about what's happening like they're horrible to watch movies with <laughs> nobody nobody on discount night gives a shit it's like the purge in the theater yeah. because <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> is old people yapping away and smacking on their their um, Werther's originals while the <laughs> that youths... could be me. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> That's true. The youths are on their cellular telephones, which like have the light up function when it rings, and then they're also yes. talking on speakerphone, and the phone is at full brightness. Let me tell you. Yeah. Someone's live tweeting it. (laughs) I did see Goosebumps Haunted Halloween on our most recent discount movie (laughs) night. And there was, it was just us and one youth and his father in the, in the theater. So I didn't have to put up with any of that, except I had to put up with the awkwardness of our assigned seating, placing us next to this child. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm, I'm the, the stoned, um, responsible adult (laughs) next to this child. (laughs) who's cackling at every Wendy McClendon Covey line and just thinking like, one day you'll get it, kid. One day you'll get it. (laughs) When you're older, you'll understand. Yeah, you'll understand. You reach a point where you have nothing else except discount movie night (laughs) and the promise of Wendy McClendon Covey in a child's film. (laughs) These are dark times, my friends. Dark times. Yeah, like I when I went to see Mandy, there was an elderly couple there. Like apparently, sometimes I guess people just go to the movies and they don't know what they're going to see. Was the hometown buffet closed? Yeah, they did not know what they were going to go see, and they did not <laughs> like it, and they made that clear that it was distasteful and disgusting and uncomfortable. But they stayed through the whole thing. I'm like, why would you stay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they stayed through the whole thing and just flapped their gums. I hope so. they like Cheddar Goblin. Yeah. Uh, that reminds me of when I saw The Witch in the theater. Like, I saw it with uh, a, a gaggle of my besties. And as the movie ended, I, I reached, like, peak satisfied with my life status. Where I was like, this is the, <laughs> the, the greatest ending I've ever seen in a film. And the lights come up and these two old people in front of us just go, Well, that was a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I just started laughing so hard. It was beautiful. Oh, good times. Well, there were only like 10 people at our screening of Halloween H4O. Oh, really? Yeah. So it was a weird time. We went a little early, so it was a weird time, but it was not crowded. Oh, that's nice. I went and the the theater was eating it up. Uh, yeah. Everyone was was hooing and guffawing and, and getting scared. Wow. And I was sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> seething, quietly seething. Yeah. All I can really say about my experience of watching that movie is I was sitting there. I I, I did. I was I indeed went. in a I movie went. theater. Yeah. Right. I did see it. <laughs> I did see it. I just, well, I mean, I just... Yeah, I don't know. I fe- it's one of those times where I'm like, did I see the same movie that everyone else saw? Because people are going crazy over this. Okay, I I feel gaslit by the world right now. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. the reviews are, like, incredible. Like, um, Rolling Stone called it, like, a slasher film for the Me Too era, which I'm like, yeah, you're a dude. So that's, oh, that's easy for you to say something that you have no <sighs> understanding about whatsoever. Yeah, just don't say anything, please. Um, and it, it, yeah, I'm I'm shook because all of the all of the like genre people that I really respect um, on on Instagram where we all connect, <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> where we all hang out. All of the people that I really respect um, all loathe this movie, 
And everyone, I work in a movie theater and literally everyone at the movie theater, who I consider us all experts because it's our job, we all hate the movie. And yet the world at large can't get enough of this. There's talks of sequels already. Jamie Lee is like, I'm going to do it as long as David Gordon Green directs the next one. Yeah, they're, they're already working on it. They're already working on it. I read I read a little thing about Danny McBride yesterday, and he said that um, they put all thoughts of a sequel out of their mind while they were making it, but they did have some ideas, and now that it's such a success, they're going to do it. So, oh. Like, we couldn't see that coming. Oh, Stacy. Oh, I, I have feelings. Yeah. <laughs> I have so many feelings. I have feelings. <laughs> <laughs> this is my Mandy. This is like where I... I'm, I <laughs> You're I, forging your battle axe. Yeah, I'm forging my battle axe. I'm, yeah. I'm eating my cheddar goblin and screaming <laughs> in the bathroom as I pour vodka all over my face. I liked the title sequence. Jason pointed out, somebody on Twitter was like, how has nobody talked about the brilliant title sequence in the new Halloween? And oh. I was like, it, it, I'm like, it's literally the title sequence from the original, yeah. just, well, with, just with the reverse molding pumpkin. What? Yeah. Which is brilliant. Don't you get it? It's reverse because it's starting again. It's brilliant. Oh, now I get it. Now you I get, get it. it. Now you get it. Now I get but, it. I was wrong. I see my my error of my ways. But I admit, and it's the power of that theme song, honestly, that yeah. like when the title sequence played, I thought to myself, first of all, I appreciate the slasher title sequences of yore, which were simple. <clears throat> it was like a cool title card. Oh, yeah. You need that title card. With like some cool ass font they made up. And that's it. And I miss that sort of thing because ever since David Fincher started making movies, everybody has to have this elaborate computer fucking hellscape yeah. of a title sequence. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's totally David Fincher in Seven where it's like, set it mm-hmm. to some Nine Inch Nails yep. and I want to see I want to see uh, nails going underneath fingernails. Right, yeah. As we listen to Nine Inch Nails. It was just but, nails and blood. Like, I don't care about that. I don't care about that. Like, I just want to watch the movie. So you think about all the classic slasher films. It's like, here's the name of the movie on the screen. And that's now, like, that's like the coolest part of the movie. Oh, yeah. And I was like, that theme gets me. Like, it's just, it's like the Star Wars theme. It's just so ingrained that I, it's like a total Pavlov kind of thing. I hear oh, it. Oh, yeah. And I get a metaphorical horror boner and yeah. I'm ready to go. And so I thought <laughs> when that was happening, I succumbed to it. I was like, well, I tried. I told myself to succumb to it. I was like, just <laughs> let this happen. Just enjoy this. <laughs> it's like when I drank too much cough syrup when I was a teenager. And and I was like, okay, I just have to let it wash over me and enjoy it or else I'm going to have a bad time. Exactly. Sometimes you just got to ride it out. You yeah. Know? yeah. And so and- I thought, here's this theme. Just try to get in the spirit of it. And how did and that work out for you? I would say five minutes later, the spirit left my body. <laughs> and you were a, a, a <clears throat> desiccated corpse. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. It just, uh, 
didn't last, I'll say that. See, I feel like I would have been able to appreciate the title sequence if I wasn't laughing so hard in the theater over that bananas opening scene that was supposed to be scary or disturbing, but I was just cackling so hard. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, if you want to show, here's the thing. One, what is this like, what is, I already said this in the, our very first episode, but what is this like future chessboard that the inmates hang out on? <laughs> yeah. And two. Don't you get it? It's a brilliant metaphor. Oh, because it's like a chess game. Because they're pawns, man. In the intergalactic scheme, man. <laughs> yeah. Who's the game master? That's what you should be asking yourself, man. And that's why Michael only moves in an L shape like a bishop. <laughs> Exactly. So I'm just, I'm sitting there trying to understand the quantum mechanics of chess (laughs) while I'm also asking why, if this guy wants Michael to see this mask, which he later says in the movie, I showed him this mask and he didn't react. I'm like, no, if you want to show him a mask, maybe show it to him and don't wave it behind the back of his head. Yeah, show it to his, <laughs> where his eyeballs are, right? I don't, why That's how I see. Why didn't they have him walk around the front and then still film it from the same back angle so you could at least not see Michael's face if that's what they wanted to do? I don't understand why they didn't show well, because later on, when Michael walks by the male podcaster, he might actually recognize him if he oh. had seen his face. Oh, that's, yeah, there we go. So you can't have something like common sense <laughs> apply at any point. So, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I, I hate it so much. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah, I just hate I, it. I gave it a lot of things down <laughs> when I came out. I'll say that. <laughs> Toes, fingers, thumbs, tendrils. Fart uh, noises. Fart noises. Synapses. <laughs> yep. Just I tr- truly, I've all week I've been thinking like in preparing to talk about this episode, um, of which I've been rambling about this movie incessantly. So I have been preparing. Um, I've been curious, like, would I actually choose to watch the Haunting remake again over this if I had to? Oh, shit. <laughs> that is how deep my hatred for this film wow. goes. Wow. I don't know that I'd go that far. It is, It I, I know, it is it's a very um, rough thing to wish on anybody. Yeah. That, that to me is, like, the ultimate <laughs> litmus test. Yeah. You know? <laughs> would I rather cut my own head off? <laughs> or watch The Haunting 99 again. Hmm. <laughs> you know. So, even that I would probably question for a while. Yeah, like, it's, you know? it's rough. It's a rough choice. Yeah. But I did uh, not yeah. like this movie. Yeah. I really didn't like it. Yeah. And it's hard. There's so much that, well, here, okay, you can go first because... <laughs> I just feel like I have a lot of thoughts and like they're not quite organized. And so it's just going to come out like, this was stupid. That was stupid. Why did this happen? Why did the? But I will say, if you you are going to dare to say, disregard the other 77 films that have come out because we are the ultimate sequel, then you need to fucking live up to that. You need to actually do that. And they didn't, I don't feel. No, here's, okay, it was a, rem- it was a remake of H2O, um, yeah. 
with yep. all of all of the character development removed from it, um, <laughs> which is fascinating because I didn't realize. I one I didn't know that the new. I never had prepared for the fact that the new Halloween movie would set me up to become the world's premier defender and champion of Halloween H two O. Yeah. First thing. Um, second, like, since when did this 90s slasher movie, like, Scream knockoff and Halloween cash-in become the pinnacle of filmmaking for me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, for, this is a remake of H2O. And it's, it's... it's straight up, like, a, a dude, a du- some shitty dudes remaking H2O, but without any clue of what they're doing. Um yeah. And it and it draws so much on every film that came before it. Yep. Um, to the point that it's just like it's just shameless in in how yeah. much it is retreading everything that we've already seen. Yeah. Um, but also, like, my big thing is like if you're gonna be, and this is why I think my main problems with this movie were I found it really boring. Um, I, I just, I could not elicit an emotion throughout the entire film. Uh, so I felt like it was really boring, which I think is a, a cardinal sin for a movie. Um, I felt it was just unoriginal, uninspired. And then I feel like if you're going to claim and act like this is a direct sequel to Halloween, and especially if you have John Carpenter's score, which my other question is, was his score like even in this movie? Because I felt like it was so silent through so much of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like and then it's like we get like maybe three classic Halloween themes and then like some electric guitar like here or there. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm gonna say I personally think Alan Howarth should have done the score and would have done a much better job. But anyway, um, so then I'm also I'm, my my main question is like if this is the true sequel and you have Carpenter back, you have the credits, the classic credit sequence. Why are you not trying to also stylistically recapture Halloween. Yes! Well, that's what they claimed they did. That's what everybody was saying in the massive amount of hype that led up to this, was we're recapturing the spirit of Carpenter's original. And if there's one... That doesn't mean... That doesn't mean little fan service moments of like, oh, Lori still hangs her fucking nipple hat up. You know, (laughs) like... Oh look, like, she's standing outside a window, like like how yeah. That all they other did was guy. recreate movie m- moments from the original movie. They didn't recreate the mood of it or the atmosphere or the style of it in which just, any way whatsoever. Which just tells me that David Gordon Green is not a filmmaker. Yeah, he he literally is assembling a pastiche of scenes that does not make him a filmmaker. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. There is no. There is no, this is something like, something that I kind of, when I, when I think about movies like Steven's, like by Steven Soderbergh or, um, I don't know, there's these directors out there that have no style, like they have no discernible style. Um, And this film, what is shocking to me is that there is no, there is no like traceable directorial aesthetic or style in this film whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And and I don't understand how, if you're going to try to mimic Halloween, that you don't try to recapture that style and that aesthetic. Like, there were no sweeping shots of people walking down leafy streets while the score played. And that's honestly what I would expect. Like, Right. I would expect some mood. Like, the original film is so much about buildup. All the action takes place in, like, the last maybe 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah. All of it. And it's just, it's... 
about this building sense of dread and he's always there in the background and all of these things and it's like all they did was literally recreate stuff with oh this time it's Lori's granddaughter going from house to house looking for help oh Lori got knocked out a window and now she's gone that yeah. Like, <laughs> that was one of two parts I liked. <laughs> because I liked that sound cue of the... <laughs> right. Yeah. But it just, it didn't, it felt like any other sequel to me. Yeah. And Michael didn't feel right to me. Okay. I'm, I'm going to start taking notes. I just have to start taking notes. So. <laughs> Michael, like, I'm... I, Stacy, talk about it. I'm making notes. Well, okay. Here's the thing. If for them to say, like, we're disregarding all of the other sequels, like, Michael had a meanness about him that was not in line from the first film. And I guess you could Thank say you. it's been 40 years and he's been blah, 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 blah. But he was so vicious in this and he wasn't in the original. In the original, he ki- he was killing his sister repeatedly but he didn't kill anybody else unless it was necessary, if they were in his way. The dog wouldn't stop barking at him, so he killed the dog. He mm-hmm. killed the guy, the tow truck driver, to get his overalls. You know what I mean? But other than that, he didn't. here he kills a child for no reason. Here he rips out somebody's teeth for no reason. And he holds just, on to them and then dangles them out of stall. Yeah. Like, he does all... like. To like original Michael, I feel would have stolen the mask out of the back of the car without probably killing the podcasters, and that would have been so much more. It would have put you more on edge than like I didn't the the some of the deaths in this like really, and granted it's like me just being like I don't know maybe slashers aren't for me, but like a woman getting beaten to death in a toilet stall is just kind of too sad for me. (laughs) And like the woman, the drops of blood by the ham, like this poor woman is just making a fucking sandwich and he comes in and beats her to death with a hammer for no reason. Yeah. It was horrible. And, and I'm someone that likes seeing horrible things often on film. (laughs) (laughs) No, like, like, I just, like who were you rooting for in that moment? You know, that's the thing is like, it's, they want people to clap and cheer. And it's like, I'm not clapping and cheering for Michael Myers. And not to keep, not to keep um, beating this dead franchise remake reboot over and over, but with a hammer in how with a hammer in Halloween H2O, I was like, I was, I I watched um, the original with my friend Elizabeth uh, with, or watched, I can't even think. I'm so angry. So I watched, <laughs> I watched the H4O with my friend Elizabeth, and then a couple nights later at Queer Horror, we watched H2O just the other night. And she also watched that with me, and she's like, "Am I gonna actually like this one? Because I hated the last one." And I was like, "Trust me, this is a way better movie." But one thing that we were talking about was like just the difference in those bathroom scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, that brutal Michael, who's just like aggressively murdering everybody in that restroom. I mean, two people, but like it is a it is such a scene that just goes on and on and on. And it's so brutal. Um, which I'm fine with brutality. I love Cold Prey too, but like this is Michael Myers. It's not Cold Prey. Um, versus in Halloween H2O, he literally walks in, menaces the mom and the daughter in the bathroom stalls, and then just grabs the purse and walks away. Mm-hmm. he gets what he wants and he walks away that's michael myers michael myers is like he's he's still he's basically like a, a catatonic person who just also happens to kill people 
Yes, he's like singularly focused. That wasn't wasn't that like the whole point of everything fucking Loomis said? Yeah, and it's like he's been focusing on this night for twenty years or whatever, and it's like he he's not going to bother killing these other people. No, unless, because they don't. Unless they're that, in the way, and that's the other thing is like there was no rationale to who he killed. Like it no. was like okay, either you're going to kill everyone you meet, or you're going to kill only the people that um, you're zeroing in on. But in this, it was just all over the place. Like that right after he kills the the grandma with the ham, he then ignores a bunch of children, even though he's already killed a gay child. Did you notice that kid was gay? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the, the little Billy Elliot boy that just wanted mm-hmm. to dance and have open communication with his father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. So thanks. Thanks. New wave of horror directors for literally putting a gay child in your film and then murdering him. That was really cool. Um, yep. And then, and then, but then he doesn't kill those other trick-or-treaters, but then he, like, for some reason goes up to, like, PTA mom's house and sneaks in and murders her. Like, it didn't... Yeah, there was no rhyme or reason, and it's like, this is... I mean, it's fine if it's just any old slasher movie, but if you're trying to, you know, have Michael Myers and be like the first film, this is not that. Yeah, and this this level of and this just harkens back even more to the how this film is ripping off every component of every halloween that came before it but in like a bizarre blend that doesn't work it's like that michael that super brutal michael is the rob zombie michael mm-hmm. that's not john carpenter or deborah hills michael no. and like here's the thing I have said this before about my relationship to Rob Zombie. I like the Rob Zombie Halloween films. I really like Halloween too. I don't like the first one as much, but like I am fine with that super brutal Michael in those films because that is established in that universe. This is not Michael Myers as we know him from the original film, which is allegedly the only Halloween film that exists at this point. Right. Exactly. So that, that all, it didn't, that didn't work for me. Didn't work for me. And little fan service moments that are just, it's like, it's like an episode of Family Guy, you know, it's, it's designed to make you go, oh, I remember that. Hey, remember when? (laughs) Yeah, like, I remember when that happened in the first movie. Oh, my God. I would prefer it if this movie, like, just kept cutting to funny remember when flashbacks. Like, (laughs) if they just did a greatest hit, like, like those horrible, um, like that terrible Star Trek The Next Generation episode where Riker is stuck in the machine and they just did a, a, a whole um, a remember when sequence and they just kept showing different episode, previous clips from previous episodes. Like, I would love it if they just were like, hey, remember when Jamie Lee Curtis had a daughter too? And then they just cut to Halloween 4. Like, yeah. That would be such a better movie and so much more oh, watchable. God. And then... There's Maud, by which I mean Laurie Strode. <laughs> Maud. <laughs> How do you feel about Laurie Foro? Laurie Foro. Um Okay, what I what what we have both said, and the thing that I have been saying to myself in a in my best attempt at a Zen like mantra after seeing the trailer that really let me down. <laughs> And that's the thing is, I I wonder how much of my hate came pre-built because I felt like everyone loved this trailer and I was just like, I'm not here for it. Right, Um, yeah. We we went, admittedly, we went into this not super looking forward to it. Exactly. And that's the thing I've been saying is like, I have very low expectations for this film. The only thing I expect is a great performance from Jamie Lee Curtis. Right. And my feelings after that, after having witnessed the film that 
these directors, this director and this writer, Danny McBride and David Gordon Green, who are have only done stoner comedies, um, like right. Your Highness and Pineapple Express and Eastbound and Down, which I think makes a perfect fit to make an atmospheric dread piece about female friendship. <laughs> um, like, they do not know how to write a part for a woman. They do nope. not know how to write women realistically. They do not know how to write women's relationships. Um, no, and neither did John Carpenter, and that's why he said, "Hey, Deborah, write this stuff." And she was like, "All right, yeah, yeah, you got it, bitch." <laughs> like, <laughs> like if if um if they had hired a woman to actually be involved in the writing of this film, yep. or to or if Jason Blum knew that that more women directors existed besides um, the director of The Babadook, <laughs> and he actually could ask a woman to direct this movie instead of a comedian because he wanted to cash in on the success of Get Out, um, maybe <sighs> this Laurie would have turned out a little differently. But right. th- my thoughts were, this is not Laurie Strode. I... I fucking hated how she she even described herself. She said she's a self. She's described herself as a basket case. Um, yeah, and I felt like that encapsulated how they looked at this character. She right. she was a hot mess who was hung up on the past. I was like, okay, can you be? If if this is allegedly like the doomsday prepper survivalist Lori, and everyone's saying this is Sarah Connor Lori, can oh, she just God. can she just be that? Right. Because she wasn't even just Sarah Connor, Laurie. Like, right. that was maybe the last five minutes of the movie. And then, like, for me, and, and this is once again going back to the previous scenes and previous movies, in H2O, the wine scene, can I get another glass of Chardonnay, please, today? Like, <laughs> that moment, it makes us laugh, and it is so funny. Um, but it's an actual depiction of a woman that's like, she is a, a skilled alcoholic, and she uses that to cope. And right. she's she's gonna know to drink an entire glass of Chardonnay and order a second one and then drink it down to make it look like um, she hasn't consumed an extra glass while her boyfriend is at, away in the bathroom, you know? Yeah. Versus yeah. this Lori, who walks into the family dinner in a restaurant, grabs her son-in-law's wine, guzzles it down, <laughs> and then immediately starts crying? <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There was no depth to this character at and all. That's, that is and why that's why a I'm... shame because she deserves that. Yeah, and I am shocked to see Jamie Lee Curtis talking about how this is like the superior one and she loved it and she's happy to return to Lord. And I'm like, you didn't get a part. I don't think she's seen the movie. I think she's just happy with the paycheck myself. Yeah, well, she has said that she only did H2O for the paycheck and she yeah. obviously only did Resurrection for the paycheck. And I don't think she's ever super been a fan of horror. But at this point, it's like, it's not going away. Yeah. Oh, there is an episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills where <laughs> Kyle Richards opens this charity that Jamie Lee, or she op- she like uh, get she she does a benefit for this charity that she becomes a, a new level member of, and um, Jamie Lee is like the highest level member of this charity. So she asks Jamie Lee to come and represent, and they have a Halloween reunion, and Kyle is like talking to her about how much it meant to her. Uh, working with her on the film when she was a little girl and how much she looked after her and took care of her. And Jamie Lee just like does not even seem to know who Kyle Richards is (laughs) or remember her. (laughs) And like clearly doesn't want to be on the show, doesn't want to talk about Halloween. And I'm, I'm convinced like, I'm sure, you know, she was uh, typecast in horror films for so long early in her career. Yeah. 
And I'm sure she's just like, she wants to act and she wants to just get gigs, but she doesn't want to just be doing these for the rest of her life and be a convention person. Right. Um, and so I told, fully expect and understand, I don't think Jamie Lee's into it. No. Um, and I think she's just doing the press media service that she has to be doing. Yeah. But, but I feel like even with H2O, like she she instrumentalized that happening and like approached John Carpenter and Deborah Hill approached Kevin Williamson about writing the treatment, like produced it, made it happen. And it seemed like she was way more invested in the development of that Lori as a fully fleshed person. Mm -hmm. And as a lead character, she's not the lead in this movie. She's not the lead. This movie is all about Michael Myers. Yeah. And there's whole scenes where she like, there's whole sequences where she's just gone. Yeah. Like, and then cut to grandma's house in the woods, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just, I mean, it just does not do the character the service that it that it says it does or that it should by any stretch of the imagination. First of all, I got to get it out of the way. Not to be that person again who's like, no one's gone to the bathroom. <laughs> Which is my favorite complaint of yours in <laughs> any movie. <laughs> It's really made me think. But yeah, well, it's deep. It's deep. <laughs> uh, if she is a basket case, like, how does she afford to outfit her house like the way it is? Oh, then, yeah. And I mean, it, it, you could look at it as no one's gone to the bathroom, but also we have <laughs> no idea what her life is actually like. Yeah, what? Did she have a job? Did she get Did money she from Smith's Grove, like, as a settlement? Like, <laughs> Yeah, because she's got all of this land. She has the booby-trapped house. She doesn't have a job. She doesn't have a significant other. All of this. So it's like some acknowledgement of what her actual life is like. And that's the problem, is it's very much tell, don't show for yeah. this whole thing. And it would have been great if she had a boyfriend. They're oh, in this, you know, another an, and not. Oh my god, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep bringing it up. But I love H2O. I, <laughs> in H2O, Lori gets a boyfriend. She gets sexuality, and she gets to make out with this guy a lot. And it's mm -hmm. really nice. It's really nice to see a woman who. And it's so funny because that was 40 year old Jamie Lee Curtis. And my friend Elizabeth is like, "Oh, it's nice to see an older woman like get to have sexuality." And I'm like, "Well, one, <laughs> yeah, older. Is, is she an older <laughs> woman?" But yeah, and that's what this movie totally misses the mark on too. Yeah, and and yeah, like what what has happened in at 40 years is a long time. It's a long time, and all we know. So she was doing this. <laughs> we're supposed to believe that she was like this the entire time because Judy Greer gets taken away when she's 12. Yeah. So that's, you know, 30 years. Like yeah. she, oh. she has a child with somebody and that child was taken away from her. And it's like, I, and it, I, I don't know point, who this person is. At some point they went back into each other's lives. That would have been nice to explore. Um, right. How did they hook up again? We have no yeah. idea. Yeah, how is she still present in her life if Judy Greer hates her so much? And that's like that's like the only thing we actually know about this about either of those characters about Judy Greer or, and and let me say I'm the world's like in the same way I'm the world's foremost defender of Rob Zombie. I'm the world's <laughs> I'm the world's premier Judy Greer fan. <laughs> and I cannot wait to see a filmmaker actually know what to do with Judy Greer in a movie because nobody knows what to do with her. Yeah. Um Except yeah. in TV, like she gets to do amazing things in Archer and and Arrested Development and Married and I'm sorry, but like it, it, what Planet of the Apes, she gives birth to a monkey. Like right, what she is has she... her monkey baby? Yeah, Jurassic World, she cries and tells her sister to get married. Like <laughs> what? yeah, 
So um, that's all we know about Judy Greer's character or Jamie Lee's character is that Jamie Lee traumatized her child. And that's it. Yeah, that's it. These three, it's like three generations of women. Like, I just, I thought about that. And like we said before, what if they had a woman, like, write these relationships? Oh, and we actually explored the relationship of like, oh, like, we know that there's a nice relationship between Lori and her granddaughter, but we only see that by Lori coming and giving her money on Halloween or whatever. Right. They're removed (laughs) enough that she calls her grandmother. Yeah. But... Like, why are they even, why do they talk to each other? Why does Judy Greer allow them to speak to each other at all? Like, I just, and my biggest complaint. Oh, your biggest. Is that, like, first of all, this is the Michael Myers story, not the Laurie Strode story, despite the fact that that's the way they made it look. Yeah, this is Michael, the musical. (laughs) Laurie has been, has spent her entire fucking life preparing for this. And I get it. Like, it could be a rich exploration of PTSD and what happened after that horrible night 40 years ago, because you never see that kind of thing in horror movies. No. So her entire life has been ruined by this and she's going to get her revenge. Well, guess what? He doesn't fucking care about you. No His goal. When he gets out is not to get Laurie Strode. He does not care she's built her entire life around him and he doesn't care yeah and i can't feel like ah she got him in the end whoop whoop girl power (laughs) like i can't feel that because i just feel horrible that this woman's entire life i mean what a metaphor this woman gave up everything and dedicated her entire life to this man who doesn't even know she exists yeah it sounds like something a dude made (laughs) Something a dude made. And I thought there was almost a moment where they were going to address that kind of thing when the two podcasters came to interview Lori and Mm -hmm. they wanted to know about Michael. And she was like, oh, you want my story only because you're interested in his story. My story for me doesn't really matter. You're only interested in him. And it's like. In the end, that's this whole fucking movie. Yeah. And that seems to be what fans want. They want to know about Michael. And she's just window dressing who wasted her entire life. She's like 60 years old now. Yeah. She doesn't have a house. I hope she had insurance on that place because she blew it up. (laughs) She just blew it up. And she doesn't have a job, I guess. Like, what now? Especially if we go with that thesis that the the first Halloween is the original Halloween or the only Halloween. And that this is the only sequel. Like, okay, so then in that case, in the original, my, the, the murders were random. Michael just saw these three girls walking down the street who who yelled back at at him as he right. drove by, and he decided to kill them. Yes. Um, so why would he be fixated on coming back for her if if she's not his sister? You know, like all the sequels <laughs> were, yeah, were built he's... on. Sorry, honey. Honestly, you're too old. If he's killing Judith Myers over and over again, he wants to kill the 18-year-olds. He doesn't want to kill the 60-year-old. Yeah, he wouldn't be coming for Lori. It no. just doesn't and make sense. And he didn't. Sense. And that's why they had to have that stupid fucking twist with the doctor. Because oh my God. I, there I, was I... no way to get Michael <laughs> to Lori's house because Michael wasn't actually looking for Lori. He didn't know where she was or that she was even alive and he didn't care. So they were like, okay, we got to get Michael and Lori together. Oh, I know. We'll make the doctor crazy. In my notes, on my on my pad, in my notes, I just wrote the doctor in all caps. 
that was af- I, I laughed and well i shouldn't say i laughed i cackled loudly and shrilly many times throughout my viewing uh, in the theater but one of the the biggest cackles for me besides the opening scene of waving the halloween mask around behind someone's head was <laughs> that stupid fucking doctor twist what the hell was that i mean good. like I'm like, if you're going to try to be, like, gritty and real and, like, brotastic, why would you have the dumbest fucking, like, that felt like, like, number six in a sequel twist, like, yeah. in the franchise. Like, that felt like Curse of Thorn. Like, for a second, I honestly thought it was, he was going to, like, pull back his sleeve and there would be a little Curse of Thorn tattoo. Like, <laughs> Well, I read somewhere that his pen actually has the thorn symbol on it. Oh, no, it's, no, yeah, the dagger is in the shape of it. Yeah. I just realized that, yeah. It's like a little harpoon, but that's the same shape as I the mean, thorn. come on. Oh, that's so stupid. The only good thing about that twist is that it was over quickly. Yeah, and that's the thing, is, like, I thought it was at least going to be more of a, a thing, but then they immediately killed him, and after he, like, hilariously put on the mask and is walking around <laughs> with <sighs> Michael's mask on. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I never thought I would see his doctor doing cosplay in, <laughs> in this film. I mean, it was literally just a, a, a way to get Michael to Lori's house. That was it. Yeah. 100% clown town. Yeah. Because um, they started writing and they were like, wait a minute. How's that? Were they going to actually get together? Because Michael doesn't care. <laughs> oh it was so stupid and then then the whole like showdown thing in the house it was like i get it like at the end where it was like the panic room is actually a michael myers trap uh but like it was just like up and down up and down in in the panic room out of the panic room into the panic room out of the panic room and it's like bitch if you have been training for this for 40 years you have a shotgun shoot him in the face shoot his head off shoot his head off that's my other problem. There's no goddamn satisfaction in that ending. And I know it's because they want to keep it open for a sequel or whatever. But if that woman, who is not Laurie Strode, has been prepping for 40 years for this night, yep. she would fucking cut his head off just like she did in H2O. And exactly. Get that, that thrill of satisfaction for her, for us as viewers, for the entire like mythos of the story. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense that she just watches him look up at or like shoot him in the head as he burns. Yeah. <laughs> she would make sure he was dead. And I don't just mean in the way that like slasher killers come back to life, whatever, whatever. I mean, if she was going to burn him, she would burn him up and then she would like snort his ashes or something. Oh, like, yeah. She has been trained. She has given literally her entire life. She gave up her family. The only thing she's held on to all this time is the nipple hat. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, it's a hat that is shaped like a nipple that young Laurie Strode had on her wall and old Laurie Strode also has on her wall. I do not mean that she wears tiny hats on her nipples, although she might because That's... we've never seen what's lurking underneath those sweaters that's my uh my next burlesque number will be <laughs> lori strode and my little nipple pasties nipple hat pasties <laughs> so that's the 
the only thing that she's held like for god's sakes Lori. apparently you haven't gotten any taste in 40 years like come on no she's been living in the forest with a bunch of uninspired dude riders like <laughs> like there was no reason for her to have all those mannequins in the house except to try to make it scary you know yeah, like just just didn't didn't if you're gonna then, write like, this character then make her make sense what was that scene where her granddaughter is like running through the yard and, and then she, she, she starts really? screaming at mannequins and it's yeah. like supposed to be terrifying as it cuts away on her giant scream. And I'm like, she's been at that house. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she knows grandma has a crazy Daryl Hannah mannequin fetish. Like, <laughs> wait, Kim Cattrall, Kim excuse Cattrall, me, Kim yeah. Cattrall. I was thinking of Splash for a second. I conflated yeah. my mermaids and my mermaids mannequins. And mannequin, well, it happens. Where's yeah. the mannequin reboot that I want? Where's mannequin H4O? That's what I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> I would much rather mannequin watch that. Mannequin M4O. M4O. I would much rather watch that than this piece of shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, and the granddaughter, it's like she became strangely completely useless in the last third of the movie i thought i thought at the very least like they were going to commit the sin of being like here is the old guard of of jamie lee curtis and now we pass the hat off to the new young character but it's like she didn't even have a character she just she had a boyfriend who was obnoxious and then for some reason didn't die like that's all that that's all that she had of that movie yeah they built her up and followed her life enough and then she just screamed at the mannequins and was just kind of there. Yeah, and what were we supposed to feel an immense moment of catharsis when she stabbed Michael to help her mom and her granddaughter or her her mom and her grandma? Like it didn't make any sense. Cuz I didn't I did not feel at any time during the whole end of it. I did not feel all pumped up, you know what I mean? You know what? The only here's what I liked. I liked when I liked when Jamie Lee rolled away from under the 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 window in a classic <laughs> throwback to the first movie. What if he turned around like earlier? Did you see her slowly <laughs> rolling? <laughs> And it still goes. <laughs> and it just takes like thirty seconds for her to roll out of frame. She's, Hold on! <laughs> Hold on! Hold on, there! Hold on! And he finally speaks for the first time, and he's like, "What are you doing? The fuck? The fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> So I liked, I liked, uh. I liked that deleted scene. And then <laughs> I, I, oh, all, the, the, honestly, the only other moment, cause I, I liked two moments. The only other moment I liked was Judy Greer saying, gotcha. When she, right. Yeah. When she was down in the basement panic room and she's, imi- she's like pretending to be terrified and that she can't actually follow through with shooting yes. him, which yeah. I thought was a nice moment. Like, okay, we get a sense of what she went through as a child. We get a sense of her going back on her training that was built into her, traumatized into her. Yeah. Um, And then we get to see her uh, play with our expectations about where this character is at. And then she actually, we realized, oh, she's a fucking boss. Like, right that was nice that's what the whole movie should have been was those moments yes of like honestly the whole movie should have been a house full of strode women like just playing cat and mouse with this guy if if this is the movie they want if that's like the direction they want to take this whatever you know right michael should have gotten to the house and then a little tricycle should have come out You want to play a game, Michael? Yeah, Michael's just like twisting his head back and forth. 
It would be so. That's <laughs> bring back James Wan, <laughs> Kim Cattrall, oh, all yeah. of them. Yeah, I mean, if maybe if Lori and the Graham, I mean, Lori is the grandmother. Lori and the granddaughter had ever actually had a conversation about why she was like this. Yeah, that would have been helpful. Did the like, granddaughter the have things. a name? <laughs> <laughs> I know her daughter's name is Karen, but I can't even remember. Uh, we just Allison. Allison is that? I feel it was Allison. I feel. I'm it. just gonna default to granddaughter. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> granddaughter and grandmother. Yeah. Like, like we fans know what happened in the first film, but maybe like the granddaughter doesn't actually know what Lori went through, and so it could have been nice for her to like to be like explain why she was so traumatized. It just would have grounded her more. Oh, and that I would have much rather watched that than the scene with her obnoxious stoner boyfriend friend or whatever, Ugh. where they're like they're like having their little scream meta moment talking about how oh he didn't that wasn't really her brother that was just some stupid thing that a bunch of kids made up or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You Ugh. know what was super me too about this movie? Oh, what? tell me, Stacey, what was super me too? You know the the scene where the granddaughter and the friend are walking home and he tries to kiss her and she oh, was yeah, yeah, like yeah. no yeah that was and, that was it's so me too yeah and then the obnoxious friend turns around and michael goes hashtag time's up yeah <laughs> and then rose mcgowan came in yeah and she was like my name's rose mcgowan and i'm fucking brave and then she's and then she screamed at a trans woman in a barnes and noble and then Michael beat the shit out of both of them. And then I was like, I don't know who to root for here. Yeah, and then Nicolas Cage walked in with Cheddar Goblin. <laughs> and then and I cheered. Just... Yeah. <laughs> then I cheered. Then yeah, I was what? That was, that was, uh, there's this great article that I've linked to a couple times. And, like, I actually saw it first through, um, Alex West posted it. But, like, it, it's by this woman, um, Steph Guthrie wrote this article comparing, once again, H2O to H4O. But that was, she talks about this, like, both movies and their attempt at feminist fan service. Mm. And in H2O, like, we get LL Cool J talking on the phone with his girlfriend. But his girlfriend actually, like, critiques his writing of a woman's role. And it's, like, kind of funny and thoughtful. Yeah. Um, and then in H4O, we get this faux feminist moment of, of that obnoxious boy trying to come on to Lori and, or the, coming on to granddaughter and then be like, oh, I thought you liked me or whatever. And then Michael avenging the crime against me too. Right. <laughs> but that just, it doesn't make any, once again, it's a question of consistency. Why is Michael, why is Michael hashtagging times up if he yeah. also just murdered a fucking gay kid? It just doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, what What are you trying to say as filmmakers? I don't think you have anything to say. <laughs> like, no, no, they didn't. They tried. They thought they did. You are two dudes based in the realm of comedy who don't understand complexity or horror or or women. No. And that's what the first Halloween is all about. It's about women's relationships and then seeing them put in jeopardy by male violence. Like, yeah. <laughs> This movie is not, does not understand that core thesis of Halloween at all. No. But the sad thing is, is they don't have to because it's a monster hit and they'll just get to make another one. It's a giant hit. And They're people gonna are be... eating it up. So my hope is that like, 
20 years from now, everyone is doing what they're doing to H2O, where everyone's just saying, oh, remember that piece of shit that we all thought was great at the time? Right. Like, my hope is that there is some justice for <laughs> for, I do for see, Carrie Tate in that respect. Yeah, I do see some uh, opinions out there that are like, it's maybe one of the better uh, entries in the franchise, but that's all it is. See, for me, I'm like... For me, it's not, but... For me, it is the absolute worst of all of the sequels. And that's saying, like, I would rather watch Six over this. I would rather watch Resurrection over this, because at least Resurrection has fucking Tyra Banks getting killed by a cappuccino machine. (laughs) Like, (laughs) (laughs) I know. I, You know what? I kind of feel like I need to see Resurrection again, because it just has too much in it that I should enjoy. Yeah, I I will always hate it for what it did to the ending of H2O and for what it did to Laurie Strode. Yeah. Um, But... But at the same time, how can I hate a movie with Buster Rhymes fighting Michael Myers with karate in a room yeah. full of, like, flames? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Here's some more thoughts I have on my list. Please, um, name them off. <laughs> when I think about David Gordon Green and Danny McBride, who... And also, when did Danny McBride become a draw for people? Like... Look, I love <laughs> Eastbound and Down a lot, so it's really hard for me. Okay, I respect that. I really liked the first season of Eastbound and Down. Um, but I have never sought out anything because of him. No, 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 no. But I just, this is the thing. <laughs> I've literally never seen anything else he's done, whether he was just an actor or had a hand in creating it. But I love Eastbound and Down so much that when I see his name, I'm like, oh, I love Danny McBride. But when you watch Eastbound and Down, do you do you think like I want to see his take on my favorite horror film? Oh God, no, 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 no. I it just makes me want to watch the next episode. So I uh, maybe I need to watch Eastbound and Down again to just get some respect back for this guy. Um, <laughs> but I will forever hate David Gordon Green and and um, Danny McBride for this movie and for their sheer laziness. And uh, for the fact that, one, they have no directorial vision. They have no aesthetic, no discernible style. Um, and and created such a boring, just bro-y movie. And murdered a gay child. But also, like, something that I thought was so hilarious about this movie is I was like, I turned to Jason and I was like, every single guy in this movie is ugly. And they're all so obnoxious. Yeah. And I was like, is this something that the straight men that made this movie, they just wanted to see themselves represented? I could like, I could see, the, like, there were some lines in the movie, and I was like, I bet Danny McBride wrote that line. Oh, like, like actually, there were some moments where I felt like, okay, thanks, I could actually use more of this Danny McBride. Like, the, the cops talking about their sandwich, the bomb. Yeah, meeting. yeah, yeah. Or, um, the, oh, the one scene, the one scene I actually did like, so I said I liked the gotcha sequence and I liked the rolling, rolling away slowly. (laughs) The one, one scene I did like was the babysitter and the little boy. Um, Yes. Which was ruined by the trailer. It was ruined by the trailer because you know what's going to happen. And it was only one scene, but you see a relationship between these two characters. It's actually... It's really sweet because they are sassing the shit out of each other, just like I do with the kids that I do like drag workshops and story times for. Mm-hmm. Like, I I can immediately place myself in these roles with these two, um, and it's so cute. And then she puts him to bed, and it's really nice. And she's like, "Oh, by the way, you're actually my favorite kid," even though she was just sassing him and saying she hated him. Right. Like, 
it's so thoughtful and that was that's the heart that is missing from this movie there i was gonna no... say yeah that's the closest to the original yeah because there's very that... much laurie's relationship with the kids you know yeah, with those with those shit kids that was just with sasser yeah and they just want to watch tv mm-hmm. and like it was so nice to see that spirit back and i'm like i just that's that's the heart that was all the way through the original film that is nowhere to be found in this except in that one scene at best you're right um, and so I was, I was angry about that. Uh, but, but yeah, so maybe Danny McBride, maybe you did a good, maybe if those are the two scenes you actually did have a say in, I'm thankful for those. But <laughs> even though the Bon Me sequence just did not feel like it fit with that point of the movie or that tone. Right. Um, but then, yeah, these, this thing about these ugly dudes, <laughs> because I'm never going to get over this. <laughs> I, I noticed this. I actually really do want to talk about this. And I'm not just saying this because I want I want a pretty boy to look at. Like, I really feel like there is this whole thing in in these in films made by predominantly like straight bro men where all the men are ugly and super obnoxious and all the women are beautiful and trying their best to give any life to the characters that have been poorly written for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how this movie feels. And the biggest crime for me here is Judy Greer's husband. God, I hated like, that guy. People th- are like, oh, I thought I he got, was great. I thought he was funny. I hated that character. I got cheese on my penis. Yeah. Like, okay. Are yeah. you telling me that in some parallel universe somewhere out there, <laughs> the perfect motherfucking queen, Judy Greer, <laughs> is married and has feelings and at one point said yes to this fucking buffoon? Yeah. It makes no, he is, he is disgusting. He's, he's like 50 years older than her. <laughs> and worst of all is like, they set, they set this character up. I mean, for me and Jason, they set this character up for, for us to hate him. Yeah. Um, but apparently the people that like this movie like this character. Um, but like my big thing then is, okay, so we have brutal death, brutal death, brutal death. The one death that I wanted to see be the most brutal, AKA him, like he just like gets choked or stabbed in the front yard and then that's it. And they just mm-hmm. cut away from it. So I'm like, why are you, why are you like super brutal in some places and literally murdering, murdering queer children, but then you like give the easy death to, to this asshole over here. Yeah. I was just like, what? <sighs> Yeah. Also, where's the suspense? Like, this is something that is missing from every horror movie these days. Yeah. But, like, I did not feel a lick of suspense, except maybe the sequence, um, which was just a return to the first one, but the sequence where the dad and the kid uh, stumble upon the, the truck of full of inmates, like, all unloaded around the road. Yeah. Which worked mostly because it was foggy. Yeah, because it's foggy and because you don't want to see this little kid die. Right. Um, I didn't see any suspense. Oh, Lord. Okay, the granddaughter. Like, we already talked touched on this. But when she's running and they remake the sequence of... The keys! The keys! The keys! The keys! <laughs> Which, to me, like, the keys, as much as I will play that sound clip in my head and laugh over it... <laughs> it's, you know, he's coming. Like, she's panicking. That the music scene. is like that dude, 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 oh. dude, 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 oh. and he's coming really fucking fast across the street. That scene That's is terrifying. Why it works. And I, 
I replay that scene in my real life all the time. Like if if I'm like walking into my house in the in the dark and I, in the night in the dark, and I'm trying, <laughs> and I'm like I'm like gonna go open my door. I'm like remembering to get my keys ready to open the door, like or going to my car in a parking garage. I always think of that scene because yeah. it that scene is for me that is the most suspenseful moment in the first film, and it is fucking terrifying. Yes. Um, so then they remake the sequence where she literally runs to one house, bangs on the door, and the person lets her in. Yeah. And then and then <laughs> like we're to we are to assume, and this is just bizarre continuity in this film, is we are to assume that Michael would follow her and stalk her and murder her, like he was right. trying to do with Laurie in that same sequence in the original film. Um, but cut to there's some there's some drama with Laurie and her daughter or whatever, and then cut back and the police are picking her up and all of the neighbors are just sitting on their lawn and they they have a blanket wrapped around the granddaughter and they're drinking cocoa with her. <laughs> and I'm like, why are you all hanging out outside? Wouldn't Michael have come and just murdered all of you? Right. She literally stopped at one house and he would be yeah. out there. But you're all sitting outside having neighbor cocoa story time with the, <laughs> with the whole police force. What the fuck is that? how how okay i'm rambling now how can anyone how can anyone objectively say that this is a good movie or a well thought out movie or suspenseful or or a sequel that even comes close to honoring the halloween name like i don't i think i think sometimes people get swept up in it and i you know what I'm, you know, that's fine. I don't blame anybody. It's like the music starts and you love Halloween and you just want to believe. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, you just want to be, I mean. You, I, you dream it into reality. Oh, man. We're just too cynical. <laughs> too crabs in the mud. Two crabs in the mud who can't just enjoy. A, can't you just like a movie without having to criticize it? And that's what I don't get. I have terrible taste. I was oh, just telling I have you the worst taste. I was just telling you how much I love Mamma Mia, even though I know they're terrible movies. Yeah. Like I, I, my favorite movie this year was fucking Jurassic World Two. Yeah, you do go some places <laughs> where I cannot follow. I will say that. Anakin, you're going down a path I just can't follow. Please come back. <laughs> Roll back this way slowly, please. <laughs> I'm coming! I just have to... I'm coming! I just have to find my keys! Oh, the keys! The keys! <laughs> That's the only way it could have been better if she was also looking for her keys while rolling. But I'm imagining her rolling with her hands above her head, like, outstretched, and she's still trying to figure out the keys that way. Um. So that's what I don't get. It's like, I have shitty taste. Why... Why did I not like this movie if everyone else loves it? It's so yeah, bad. Well, there are times you feel like you're living in a cuckoo clock because it's like everybody loved this. I did not love it. And me, I turn it on myself and I'm like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> you know. Who was I talking with? Someone was like, I blame Trump. It's Trump's fault. <laughs> this whole We're movie just is... looking for anything to hold on to. Mm-hmm. In these times, we'll take it. You know, it's any, it's any nostalgia, any any hearkening back to when when we had civil rights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, it's just oh, it's just mm, it was. Mm. It was. Mm. It, it was. was mm. Mm. 
it was mm. i just i don't want to see it again you know what i mean i keep asking myself like girl you gonna watch that movie again do you want to go back and and maybe now see it with 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 fresh eyes prepared eyes now that you know yeah uh what what travesties await you and i i just i just can't i just can't believe that's my my biggest thing besides the boringness the the lack of style the murdering gay children is like how did they how did they not even give her a good part and that's they all they really didn't when that's all that we've heard is like i mean she's everywhere the the hype and the promotion for this movie has been crazy yeah she's everywhere and so i thought well maybe it'll be a little 90s rah rah girl power but it'll be satisfying at least yeah and it just i thought it really dropped the ball yeah it doesn't even have that and that's all i expected that's all i wanted was like and i had such low expectations i just wanted to see her get a good part and i can't even i can't i i could say she tried (laughs) but yeah she acted yeah, that could be said. <laughs> she acted. Yeah. But it just, I mean, honestly, not to be whatever kind of phobic, but like, it's the difference. But like, if the, I mean, this should have had some women writers on the staff. <laughs> whatever kind of phobic, because you're. <laughs> Well, because you don't you don't want to offend our men's rights yeah, activists. All the, all, the, all the straight men who are listening to all the MRAs who are listening to this. All the red pill folk. Who you know? this movie who this movie was made for. <laughs> I'm gonna say it. Yeah. Yeah, I just you know, it could have benefited. At least John Carpenter had that much sense and look how great the movie was because of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So maybe don't write your 60-year-old woman the way you write your 20-year-old dude. Yeah. I tell you, Deborah Hill would not smile down upon this movie. She from is her... not smiling on this. No, from her Coke mirror in heaven. From, she's... Her... <laughs> from her Coke van in heaven. <laughs> yeah, there is no way that she's happy with this movie. She thought our endorsement was, like, the lowest <laughs> she could get. Like, and then she saw this and film. Then she saw this film and was like, fuck. <laughs> And she went back to a line, another yeah. line. <laughs> God. Yeah, yeah, it's just, uh, no. I'm going to say no. <laughs> That's my... Is that our new our new review uh, <laughs> yeah. regimen? Is... Yeah. It's a no? It's, it's, a, it's a no for me, dog. <laughs> I will say... I, I went to the theater um, on Discount Movie Night and saw Goosebumps 2 Haunted Halloween uh, to wash the taste of this movie out of my mouth. And Goosebumps 2 Haunted Halloween, much better film. Interesting. <laughs> also terrible, but a much better film <laughs> than well, this I Halloween. Well, I watched Hell Night uh, with a friend because, oh, yeah. uh, you know, our, we inspired him. Because of our recommendations list. He wanted to see oh, Hell I Night. love that. Yeah, and I was like, I'll fucking watch Hell Night. Are you kidding me? It was Hell my yeah. recommendation. <laughs> and we watched it, and it's great. It's so good. It's so good. I watched, um, uh, thinking back to our recommendation, you actually, you actually mentioned this as like a sub-recommendation that didn't make it to the list. 
But I went back and I watched The Old Dark House for the first time. Oh, God. Isn't it great? Oh, I fell in love. It's amazing, right? Perfect, perfect Halloween movie. I was shocked by how, like, one, I mean, James Whale is amazing. Yeah. But I, I was shocked by how, like, Rocky Horror it is. Yes, like yeah all the way down to them like dr- like they're trapped in the rainstorm they see a light in the over at the frankenstein place they go there's a creepy servant that opens the door and then the the master of the house walks in and says i am fem yeah. <laughs> i was just like <laughs> i was like yes yes you are fem i love you it's I love great you, right fem. and man, i love this uh, that dress that Gloria Stewart was wearing. Who knew the old lady from Titanic was such a fox back in the Oh my god! Old lady from Titanic. I love you so much. She was amazing in it. She was Um, great. That dress. And the... The, like, how they had, like, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre patriarch up in the attic, but it yeah. was uh, it was <laughs> yeah. that woman in drag playing yeah. the old maid. Oh my god. It was just... They don't make them like that anymore. They really don't. It's a good that, one. That... That movie was more shocking and transgressive than the new Halloween. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> heck yeah. Yeah. And so, and so gay, which was completely Super missing gay. from, from yeah. the new one. Yeah. So consider that another recommendation, everybody. The old dark house. You should watch it. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. If, you, if you're looking for something this Halloween night, this spooky Halloween night, Antonio Bay, um, <laughs> put, on, put on old dark house and some hell night. You'll have a much better time than you'll have seeing the the rebooted Halloween H H eight O H Fardo H Snoro. Am I H- right? H Snoro. It's my professional opinion. <laughs> That's our morning boost, morning zoo soundboard right there. <laughs> wah wah. Yeah. Honk. Golly, Mister. <laughs> You know what I thought about? Because I keep thinking about our recommendations list. And I wanted to ask you that I should have put it on my list, probably. Have you seen Starry Eyes? Oh, I need to rewatch it because for some reason. I thought you would love it, for sure. Stacy, I thought I would too. And for some reason, I was angry at that movie. (sighs) I I need to watch it again because I'm going to admit, I'm not above saying when I'm wrong. And I'll tell you. Thanks to the, once again, going back to our Halloween recommendations episode, I went back, I went to Movie Madness, our wonderful uh, independent video store here at the, at the, in Portland. Um, and I rented the autopsy of Jane Doe again, <gasps> because I did not like it the first time I saw it. I watched it the other night and I said to myself, self, what the fuck were you thinking? This movie is, <laughs> this movie is great. Yay! This movie is great. That witch, she don't give a fuck. She did not so, give a fuck. I loved Autopsy of Jane Doe, and I, I will, I'm gonna go back and watch Starry Eyes. I thought Starry Eyes would be right up your old alley. Well, and it's like it's Satan. Satan. It's an actress acting the crap out of stuff. I think my my I think my issue with Starry Eyes is I I um. I get annoyed by those movies where it's like clearly made by somebody who has uh, spent a little too much time in LA and then they they make a movie that's like the the allegory is LA is bad. <laughs> like Yeah, yeah. I feel like that that movie did that, but I wrote a book about how hot it is to write a book. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Stephen King. <laughs> Let me not read that book and yet use it <laughs> in my bathroom so people think I am well read, <laughs> cultured. <laughs> yeah, so Starry Eyes is on. I'm going to go back and I'm going to check that one back out. All right. 
What can you tell us about it, Stacey? I love it. That's all I need? <laughs> yeah, that's a, I'm really big on uh, good opinions. You know? Yeah. You take you get the hot takes. I got the hot takes. They're involved. Like, I don't want to bore everybody with all my criticism, but some films get a fart noise down. Some <laughs> films get a, an I like it up. <laughs> I do. I will say I do remember loving the roommate in Starry Eyes, uh, like the evil roommate. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And then and also, oh, I cannot remember her name, but that actress, she plays like the evil satanic producer um like her she plays his assistant mm-hmm. um and she's she's also in southland tales uh by roxanne oh. benjamin um uh, but that actress who's in starry eyes i absolutely love her too um hmm. yeah well there you go oh what a wow i had we had some emotions we had some emotions i'm sorry if i got too like aggressive and angry and just went down my list i love it <laughs> i just truly this movie truly offended me yeah uh to the point that i was shocked by how much i i didn't like it because i really did just expect a good role for my one of my favorite actresses and yeah i just felt let down by that yeah some movies seek to offend you yeah oh one thing that i liked i will say this pj souls made a cameo yes i didn't as, realize that until the credits i didn't yeah realize. as the the voice of the school teacher like literally reenacting the scene from Halloween, which was also the scene in H two O. Um, and she she did a great job imitating that school teacher's voice. Yeah. But yeah. I when it happened, I was like, oh, I remember that, you know. Yeah. And yeah. then the nipple yeah. hat. I was like, I remember the nipple hat. And then hey, the slow roll away. I remember that. I hey, remembered Stacey. a lot of things. Hey Stacy, oh. it's a uh, it's David Gordon Green calling. Oh my God! Hey. Hi. Hey, uh, hey, you remember this part of the movie? Hey, Stacy. Hey. <laughs> I remember that. Also, David Gordon Green, I cannot fucking believe that you almost directed the Suspiria remake because I can hey. only imagine what that would be like. Wouldn't that be wacky? I was going to make Suspiria and my take on it was I was going to take out all the women and okay. <laughs> replace them, replace them with bongs. It was going to be bongs, a ballet school of bongs. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Stacy. Oh yeah. Do you remember this part of the movie? I do remember that part. That was that was one thing I remembered. Do you remember when it goes? <laughs> thank God! Thank God that hack is not making Suspiria. Can you imagine? That no, don't, was don't imagine. It'll be too. I will not imagine. But literally, my first thought, the second H four O ended. In the movie theater, I brought up Facebook and I typed this because it was the first thought that went in my head. And I, I thought, thank God they hired a homosexual to direct Suspiria. Because <laughs> <laughs> we know it's going to at least have some style. Yeah. And we know we know the women are actually going to get something to do. Oh, that'll be neat. Also, Jessica Harper posted a picture on her Instagram today of her next to a witch, and she said, which witch is which, and I'm convinced that that is alluding to the fact that she might be Helena Marcos in the movie, and I'm really excited. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So. Ready. Now that one I'm looking forward to. I will say, like, I was talking with my friend Heather about it, who, um... Heather is uh, another great uh, horror gay. Um, she's uh, queer for fear on Instagram. She's awesome. But 
Heather uh, and I were talking about this and she was like, you know, I, I worry now that I'm just placing all of my hopes on Suspiria. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, I, I totally get that. Like I am, I am absolutely counting on Suspiria to do everything that every other movie has failed to do for me this year. Yeah. Um, besides obviously Mamma Mia 2 and Jurassic World 7. <laughs> <laughs> I notice a theme. But that's the thing is like, you know, like when you watch a trailer and you just feel it in your gut. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like an, it's like making eyes across the room. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like she's like she's like kind of like jostling her shoulders at me, <laughs> <laughs> like from a from across the dance hall with a drink in her hands. Right, and you hope that she's not just choking on something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's not asking for the Heimlich. <laughs> Only through body language while calmly still holding a drink. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As Jamie Lee rolls by in the background. <laughs> now, I do want to say this is a thing we're very bad at, is the more boring side of podcasting, which, uh, you know, if someone's listening to this, then obviously they know how to listen. But I just submitted us to Stitcher.com. So that's another way people can listen to the show. Oh, you can listen to us on Stitcher now. That's so exciting. You can listen to us on Stitcher now. Is that like a grinder or a Tinder? Or... Yeah. <laughs> it's a, so swipe left on us or right or whichever one it is. Swipe... Yeah, I don't think they're supposed to swipe left. I, I think know. swipe left is bad, Stacey. Oh, fuck. Swipe right, swipe right. Our, our attempt at standing the kids oh, didn't work. <laughs> and also, um, you know, I love to listen to us through my my simple iTunes podcast app. Oh, um, neat. And I would say go on there. And if you enjoy the show, please uh, rate us. Yeah, give do us rate a... us. We have some nice reviews on iTunes, which makes me really yeah. happy. Yeah. I try keep... not to pay attention to that kind of thing, but sometimes you look and it's nice. Yeah, so we're on Spotify. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Play, whatever that is. iTunes and now Stitcher, and we have a Facebook page that, I mean, we never do anything with it except say, "Hey, there's a new episode." But so thanks, everyone. We, we will we will strive to um, keep being interesting. <laughs> yeah, we will continue to not know what we're doing. <laughs> at any moment at any moment and to promote ourselves poorly all that <laughs> yeah it's like the rascals that we are on our rascal scooters no less oh god i wish can I you wish. that's that's the sponsorship we need to get is the rascal scooter so then oh i don't have to go god. anywhere anymore on my hover feet. around do you remember the hover around commercial how could i ever forget hover around, hover around, hover around. <laughs> man that was my shit <laughs> one day one, one day, day if we ours. ever do a live podcast we should ride out on rascal <laughs> and i stand that i stand that <laughs> For a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah! Oh, oh my, my god. god! Oh, oh my, my god! god! Tune in next time for 
Mort, Kayla!